Have you ever played the game telephone? Perhaps you may remember it from when you were a little kid. If, if not, if, if that's a little fuzzy of a game or perhaps you never played it, it goes a little bit like this. One person would originate and start the telling of an elaborate story full of details to the next person beside them, whispering it in their ear. And then that person would proceed to tell it to the person next to them, and so on and so forth, until you got to the end of the line. And at the very end, that individual would proclaim aloud to all the story as it had been told to them. Oftentimes, much laughter would then ensue as the story that was told at the end was not the story that was told at the beginning. Oftentimes, there were quite some significant differences. You see, this game that we played as children depends upon the challenges that most of us face with remembering things exactly as we're told. Inevitably, something gets forgotten along the way, details get left out, some get added to fill those gaps in our memory of what we've forgotten. And then there are those people, somewhere, typically in the middle of the line somewhere, and they just want to purposely take the story completely off track. And they make up some additional story, and they add it and insert it and take it completely, shaping it all together into something completely different entirely. Now, think about an echo. An echo is so incredibly polar different from the game of telephone. You see, if you stand at the Grand Canyon, for example, and you say something aloud with your voice, you will hear that echo. That echo of your voice repeating back to you those exact same words that you spoke over and over again. This is the importance of the Apostles' Creed in our life as Christians. These are powerful words that shape our living. And over time, echo back to us the firm foundation in which we were established. You see, the Apostles' Creed is that echo which helps to prevent us from turning those basic foundational Christian beliefs into merely a game of telephone. Apostles' Creed, which we proclaim together in worship every morning on Sundays in worship. It's not merely a collection of words to be memorized, to be recited in some ritualistic fashion. No. This creed is an exact echo through time of the unifying truth as Christians to which we hold fast. When you stand at a canyon and you yell, hello, 
And then you hear the echoing back, hello, hello. It's a catching thing. If there's someone standing next to you, nine times out of 10, they're gonna start saying that too. Because they want to hear their own unique voice added into those reverations. You see, it's something in that echo. There is something that we hear that invites us to join in. This is the importance of the Apostles' Creed. Today, as we begin our summer sermon series on the Creed, we will be exploring together throughout the course of the summer the rich meaning found in each of these statements of belief. Perhaps you're new to church today. Maybe you've heard a few things about religion and you'd really like to know a little more. Perhaps you've even heard before this Apostles' Creed and you've wondered, what does it mean? This sermon series is for you. For as we explore together over the summer, we will dive into these foundational statements of Christian belief. And you'll be invited to engage your personal questions of faith as we journey together. Or perhaps you've been a part of the church for a number of years. And you long to grow in your ability to share your faith with your friends, your neighbors, your family members more clearly. This sermon series, it's for you. You see, this sermon series is designed for us to journey together wherever we find ourselves at in our walk of faith, that we might grow and that we might be able to share this Christian faith that we hold fast to with one another. This week we begin with the opening statement of belief, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe. To make a statement of personal belief in this world, the culture in which we live, may feel a bit risky and even challenging at times as we've been inundated in our culture with the philosophy of truth being relative. It doesn't really matter exactly what we believe. However, that is not the truth. It matters what we believe and how we live. Thus, when we say aloud in the Apostles' Creed these opening two words, I believe, it's a powerful, personal statement that transforms simple words that we could memorize into something more, something that has the capacity to shape our very lives. For what a person believes ultimately affects how they live. And when it's proclaimed aloud together in community, these words shift into a harmony 
shared conviction. We're no longer lone rangers, but we're joining our lives together in community and with a story larger than ourselves. Historically, the Apostles' Creed has been used to instruct new believers in their faith before their baptism at the time of Easter. I invite each one of us this summer to take a deeper look into this vibrant, ancient, creedal affirmation that we might find our spiritual roots firmly grounded in our faith. You see, the Apostles' Creed is structured around a Trinitarian belief in God, as we will discover together when we go through the Creed. Our Trinitarian belief in God. You may be wondering, what does that word Trinitarian mean? That's a really big church word. You see, what it means is simply that we believe in one God revealed as the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, each distinct but inseparable, one essence and power. As human beings, we like things that make sense, that are very easy for us to wrap our minds around, that we can easily grasp and define. And yet, you see, there's a certain quality to the Trinity that is remaining difficult to define. For it's a divine mystery. And yet, it's also a truth. A truth that we receive by the grace of God through faith. This foundational belief in the Trinity holds profound implications to our lives as Christians in our relationship with God and our relationship one with another. Deeply ingrained in every human being is the desire to belong, desire to be in loving relationship with others. This relational aspect of our very humanity is an imprint of the relational nature of the Trinity at the very core of our being. As stated in John chapter 4, verse 6, God is love. The very nature of the Trinity is love. So as we grow in our relationship with God, then we begin to relate to God and others differently as we're transformed by the power of God's love working in and through our lives. Today, as we look at the statement of belief in God, the Father Almighty, the Father, the Father emphasizes one who is in relationship not abstract, vague, solitary, or even uncaring or remote, but rather God is the embodiment of true holiness, righteousness, 
faithfulness, goodness, and love. Here on earth, we have all witnessed at one time or another broken relationships, abuses of power, individual and corporate in their nature. No one is immune or unaffected. There is at times even, I think, a temptation to ascribe our understanding of God by the distortions that have been caused by these broken relationships and abuses of power that we've experienced in our lives here on earth. These perversions may cause us to be reluctant or even reticent to personally ascribe to God as Father Almighty. Tragically, this can cause us to disregard the divine reality for that which is uniquely God. Through this creedal proclamation, I believe in God, the Father Almighty. We have an opportunity to embrace the healing of these pains and wounds by experiencing the divine nature of the Trinity. This divine nature is exuberantly expounded upon in our scripture passage for today from Psalm 33. Upright, faithful, steadfast, just, loving, righteous. This is who God is. Now let's look at the second portion of this statement of belief. Creator of heaven and earth. Genesis 1.1 states, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Wow. If we get just even the smallest glimpse of the nature and the character of God as relational, all-powerful, creator of the universe, God. We are brought to stand in awe of who God is. We are invited to shout for joy, to praise God. Like Psalm 33 calls forth, this amazing reality of who God is invites us to praise God with song, with thanksgiving, with various musical instruments, with shouts of praise as we stand in awe of God. For we were created in the Garden of Eden, made to be in relationship with God and with one another with creation and ourselves. Our United Methodist founder, John Wesley, reflected on this understanding of relationships, saying, a holy and whole, W-H-O-L-E, person is one in whom all of these relationships are properly expressed. 
as created beings, we were created to worship God. But we have the freedom to reject God, His goodness, and His love, or to accept it, to accept this free gift offered to us by grace. Words have power. Will we speak words of life or of death? When we use our words to speak forth with the generations that have gone before us, the Apostles' Creed, and we teach it to the generations following us, we are creating a world of reverence for God and God's work among us. Some may have remembered the cliche from when you were a child, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You see, that's a cliche, but it's not based on truth. For how many of you know and can remember a word that was spoken to you 5, 10, 50 years ago that you can remember even today, whether it had been bad or good, whether it had been crushing or affirming in its nature. We remember words. Words have power. Hear the word of God for you today, that God is love. And God loves you loves you so deeply. You see, words can make a difference. What we believe, what we speak forth, what we live out with and through our lives can change the world. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. God spoke, and this world came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. You see, God created out of nothing this world that we live in. In Psalm 33, the usage of the name Lord here for God reflects as believers who God is to be in our personal lives, in our communal lives, societal, and even cosmic levels. It's to acknowledge that God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is the one true God, has all authority over heavens and the earth. This understanding of lordship leads us to live as Christians by the values of the kingdom of God and under God's authority here and now. God is love not in just some abstract or generic way, 
but relationally. God loves you, and God loves me. God, the Father, Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, loves us. Wow. May we stand in awe of this truth today. How are you living in light of this extravagant love of God? What do you believe?